Hello, and welcome to Life Over Pain, a podcast where people with chronic pain and traumatic brain injury share their stories of life, value, and resilience. I'm Patty Freeman Evans, and these stories help me reframe my thinking and to approach my day from a point of view I would never have thought of before. I find the honesty with which these people tell their stories to be inspiring, courageous, and full of hope. I hope you do too. In his enduring story of hope and resilience, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl writes that there will be suffering. It's how we react to the suffering that counts. Finding a purpose is a powerful way to help us to overcome the most challenging human conditions. For Joseph Ryan, it was baseball. After suffering one of his eight brain injuries, lying in his hospital bed, He was watching his beloved Red Sox on the television. Right then, he found his purpose, to go to every baseball stadium in the country and, of course, watch a baseball game. How he would do it, he didn't know. And it really didn't matter. He had a purpose, and that purpose drove him to live his life. With help from his insurance company, Moss Rehab, and a very special therapist named Katie, Joseph has accomplished a great deal to put his life and his health back on track. And he is on his way to achieving his goal, one stadium at a time. The true test of our character is revealed in how we act. Joseph has overcome much and has truly shown the ability to rise above his challenges with vigor and an eye full of hope for the future. Please join me in welcoming Joseph Ryan. His story is full of adventure, danger, struggle, resilience, and ultimately a grand quest. Welcome, Joseph. It is a pleasure to have me on your show. That's fantastic. Let's start today by telling everyone your grand quest, and we'll just get it starting about how you got there. Okay, great. So, well, I'm a traumatic brain injury survivor. And um, I'll go into more about the brain injuries, but I am an eight-time brain injury survivor. I've had uh, six mild traumatic brain injuries and then two moderate uh, traumatic brain injuries. And then subsequently, I was hit by a car on a bicycle five additional times. So I'll start with where I am now. I actually am considered like a world traveler. I have had my foot in literally now in my life. I'm at I'm 38 years old, but I've had um, my foot in all of North America. I've uh, been to Mexico, I've been to Canada, in Toronto, and in Montreal. And I also, I have, I would say 21 states, if you want to count Washington, D.C. And I have 30 states left to go. The other uh, very interesting thing is I'm also a ballpark chaser. Ballpark chaser basically is that um, I follow my favorite team, the Boston Red Sox. Um, however, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia, so I have no problem <laughs> explaining about that. Um, but what I, what I have been doing is following my team all over the United States and seeing them in every stadium. And so far to date, I have been to 16 ballparks and as of May 3rd to the 5th, this was my 16th because I was able to see the Sox play the Texas Rangers. And I got to spend time in Arlington, Texas, Dallas. Uh, actually was able to hook up with a friend of mine uh, who I used to know in Philadelphia here. And him and I went to downtown Dallas. And so I was able to like see the stuff with JFK and everything. And um, we also went to uh, Fort Worth and the stockyards. And so 
that is some of the really cool parts. Also, through rehab, I am also I also uh, kind of had a a love for uh, baking. So I have like a Facebook folder of like fifty some odd cakes, and one of the most recent ones was a was actually a pretty good cake, and it turned out pretty well. It was a nightmare before Christmas cake, which basically just was that I took the cake mix of Christmas and used Halloween um, icing that had little um, candy eyeball pieces and literally just made a, a Christmas Halloween cake. It sounds so, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the second one actually definitely noteworthy is is i've made a five layer cake and in between i also put like carob chips because i'm lactose intolerant so i used uh, carob chips instead of chocolate chips and then just ice the heck out of it well icing is often the best part of a cake in my opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> well it, you certainly haven't been letting the moss grow under your feet oh not at all. The the thing is like I'm I'm 38 years old and and I think since I went to rehab. Now I went to Moss Rehab. Moss Rehab um on the East Coast has a very good reputation um and obviously they lived up to that um of being a very good rehab hospital slash uh recovery center for those that are affected with a traumatic brain injury of any level, mild, moderate, even severe, and but it's outpatient, not inpatient. And they even told me that there was someone who had brain injury uh, from Greece and was flown to Moss Rehab to get treatment. Wow. So with rehab, my case manager, Katie, she helped me to develop this sort of like a a travel system that that allowed me to save up and then we'll save up for multiple months actually because I'm on social security and I I can't get a full-time job mm-hmm. but um helped me to save up for several months to be able to plan my ballpark trips and I typically take about two trips a year mm-hmm so where I'm at now, uh, I have 19 ballparks left, and I I looked at the in the in the Red Sox uh, farm system, they have five minor league teams, and so that will cover most of the East Coast that I haven't seen yet, especially Portland, Maine, and Greenville, South Carolina. So you've got uh, you've got about 12 years of of trips ahead of you yeah yeah i i'm not i'm not actually setting a time limit i have these ballparks on my on my dream board uh-huh. and i have them all like based on geography you know so i have my minor league set up on the east coast and then i'm branching out so i still have like two in ohio two in chicago a bunch in the midwest and then all five in california I see. So you're progressing across the country. This is wonderful. Tell us about how you and Katie went through the process of discovering this, this, um, this love and and this quest, and making the approach and figuring out how you were going to do this. Yeah. So early on in in rehab, I was officially diagnosed with brain injury officially in in September of 2012. And then come around 2013, I started on what is known in Pennsylvania uh, as the head injury program, which was awesome because the head injury program um, helped to pay for a year's worth of rehab services in every therapy that I needed. And, and that's that's a state-run program is it or yeah it comes out of harrisburg and it 
basically covers all of all of a brain injury um, patient's uh, services from uh, physical, cognitive, behavioral, occupational, and, and really just helping them to relearn how to do the normal things of life from washing clothes to making food, obviously for me, baking, and then even just uh, slight activities here and there. And for me back then, I was able to do go, you know, five days a week from nine to five. So basically for a year, this rehab service was essentially like my, my personal full-time job. And the state itself paid a lot of money for this. Now, the head injury program is is funded by the, you know, the state and the government. Um, so I I didn't have to pay anything. But those that really need the service, it, it is available for them. How do you qualify, or how do you how do you apply? How does that work? So, I basically had a representative that came to my house who, after um, Moss Rehab found out that I needed the service, the representative took, like, he sat down with me for, like, a full couple of hours, like, maybe two or so hours, and went over everything um, diagnostically that was wrong. And and then on top of it, they made they handled the medical end and they got all the medical records from all the hospitals that I had the brain injuries from. And then they go ahead and apply. And it's also like, it's, it's on like an as needed thing, but at the same time, they were looking for those that like really, really needed the help like right away. So for me, it wasn't too hard because they saw that I had eight brain injuries and they're like, yeah, this person needs service like ASAP. Um, and also prior to then, I did not go for rehab service at all because obviously before 2012, I didn't know that I, I had brain injury. So in part, in part of that uh, really cool thing was with Katie, my case manager, you get a full you get a case manager that helps direct everything. You know, and we we came up to this thing of like goals. And for me personally, I said to her, Katie, I don't think I'm going to live past this year. Like, do you know how many accidents I've had? Like, my days are numbered. And so somehow she kind of like saw past like the the reality of the situation and then, and obviously the pain of it and it was like well let's start small you know let's let's start setting small goals and things that you want to achieve and obviously baking was one of them but then after that it was all like all these other type of goals um like eventually like one of the goals was if i were to get social security i wanted to pay my brother back money that i owed him so that was a goal. And another goal was really just to actually at the time to maybe travel to another state that I haven't been to. Well, what came from that and actually in it's very important to to include this in 2007 um was my moderate uh brain injury and it was in June, June 17th, 2007, motorcycle accident. And I was essentially like running away to, to Boston. I didn't want to come home. I had an issue with my mom. I mean, Father's Day was coming up. So that was really hard because uh, my father had died two months after my third brain injury. Um. And then also a year before that, I broke with my ex who I wanted to marry. I also had gotten fired from the job, a very lucrative job. I couldn't afford my motorcycle anymore. And then I didn't have any uh, health insurance. So 
That seems like a deep, a deep pool you were in. This is why I mentioned the 07 because, and I don't mean to, to hurt your listeners with this, but I was in a very dark place to the point that I wanted to commit suicide. This was my, this was my kamikaze mission. Um, because actually at that point I didn't care. To, I didn't care to live anymore. Um, I had all these things that were bottling up and I'm just like, that's it. Um, um, if I, if I died today, I would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a painful place to be. Oh yeah. But, um, eventually after that accident, I, I definitely want to include this is this, this is also really cool. But, um, so I, my bike goes under me. I'm, I'm I, I, lose control of the bike. The bike goes under me. I go flying at 85 miles an hour. And then I tumble on the ground and I'm completely blackened out. Like I can't see anything. Now I didn't, it's not like I, I had the, I didn't have the, um, Oh, what do you call it? The, uh, I'm trying to think like the, when people see the light before they die. Oh, oh, like, right. The light you know, at the end I, of the tunnel. Right. I, I, I didn't see that. I saw everything that led up to that accident flash before my eyes at like uh, a, a moment and like in a second. And after that, I believe I heard the voice of God say to me, forgive yourself and forgive others. Yeah. And after that, I woke up. That's huge. Yeah. Because, I never, I don't believe I've ever actually heard the voice of God more clear than I did that day. Are, are you a historically religious person? Um, yes. So I'm a, I'm a Christian. However, that moment kind of redefined my life and made me more sure of my faith than ever before. And... Because at that point, after I blacked out and I woke up, like, I'm like, I'm not dead? Like, why am I not dead? Yeah. And and then I got angry because I wanted to be dead. Mm-hmm. And I am got angry with God because I'm just like, God, why did you not take me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so the tie-in... With, with my travelings came in, in this very interesting form where after they had me hospitalized and I was only hospitalized for, for two days, I asked the nurse at night if she could turn the game on. So I, I was just hoping to see, you know, a baseball game. Sure enough, it was the Red Sox playing the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, if I get out of the situation, I want to see the Sox play every single team in baseball. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, this is insane. Like, this is, oh my gosh, this is, this goal would be so epic. I don't know how I would ever be able to achieve it. Joseph, this sounds like a movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's somebody's going to make a movie of your life that, that, that like the angels are singing or the violins are playing right now as the Red Sox. Did the Red Sox win the game? I don't remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really I matter. just, I just like the fact that the Sox were on. Yeah. It, oh, totally. And totally. that same year they were, they were going to, they were going into a world series and that same year they won their second world series. And of course they did. You're their lucky charm now. I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently every time I go to a game in person, they lose. So I oh, oh, oops. Yeah, well, okay. So, but, like I said, I, this was like such an epic, you know, goal and dream. I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to achieve this. There's, there's just no way. But it's an epiphany, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this now is the dream, the thought that set in precedent what I've done for the past several years leading past 2007. Well, you now have like a mission in life. You have a purpose. I, I, I do. And um, did you have like a purpose? Like you said, you had a lucrative job before. Did, was that, did that feel like a, a purpose? You had, no, you had a, no. no. So unfortunately 
I had this lucrative job, but that job was so bad for me because it was so prior to 07, you know, I'm like I said, I, I had eight brain injuries. So I've had an um an 85, 86, uh 94, 03. So that's all that's four brain injuries that I didn't know I had. And here I'm working in this lucrative job doing audio-video technician work for Doubletree Hotel. Mm. And I basically didn't even last past a, you know, a year. I only lasted maybe eight months. And so basically from, from what came from that is that I was just struggling through this entire job. The flip side of it, though was a job that is actually meant for people that could handle that type of work. And on top of it are paid excellent benefits. It afforded me a motorcycle. It could afford you probably a decent used car. You know, they, they paid for a lot. Like I even remember eating uh flame and young mm. um, on, on weekends mm. after they, they serve their, their guests, the, the leftovers was flame and young. Fancy. So the situation was that this job was not meant for me. Yeah. At all. Yeah. But the other fact was the pay was more than I ever had in my entire life. Mm -hmm. I was getting paid $2,400 every two weeks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can, it's interesting how you can get um, sort of tied to something that isn't fulfilling for you yeah because there is money there oh yeah i mean i even remember prior to getting this motorcycle i i just had a moped mm -hmm. and i even went to a comedy show where prior to that i would have a couple of beers and just get back on my moped and, and ride home you know so ultimately i was like oh they said you know drunk driving is is a pretty big deal and it is and i i understand that but at that point i didn't care you know like i i, I was getting away with drinking two beers or you know i was living like a semi high life mm. and in, in spite of the number of accidents you had had previous to that yeah it's it, you still were a little impervious to it yeah to, yeah, I I'm, I really didn't recognize like what cause and effect. Yeah, what was really happening, or what was even happening to me? Yeah, or what was going to happen to me? Um, or or whether you cared if it did. Yeah, at that point, after after I lost that job and everything started building up, I really didn't care to live. I wanted to die. Oh. Uh, but anyway, to go. So go back to the that, you know, I, I, I bring it back again to Katie because, yeah. you know, she was saying, like, talking about the, the goals and, and, and things. Well, later on, around 2013 into 2014, I get Social Security. Uh-huh. And things change. Yeah. Now, it's obviously not uh, a, a ton of money, obviously. But it, it it does change things to 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 open up the idea to travel, mm. you know, and, and it, then it's to, stable money too, right? Yes, yeah. like every month. Mm -hmm. So eventually, what what helped was, and like as I said with my faith, what what helped with that was. A whole new perspective like this lucrative job and this high life was was gone but the mentality was like hey i could still possibly do some of these things and now i could pay down debt and i can take care of stuff you know or i could i could you know and actually a very cool thing is is you get you get um I'm trying to think a lump sum payment right at the beginning with Social Security. 
Mm-hmm. And I took a good portion of that, about $3,500. And I helped to pay off the foreclosure on my mom's house. Which now basically means that this house will be mine because of the fact my mom, unfortunately, is in a nursing home battling, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's. And I have to take care of everything, um, you know, bills and, mm. and things like that. Mm. But the amazing thing, and this, I believe, is is godly providence because you know, I can't even tell you what I used the other portion of that money on. What, $3,500? I I can go down in my kitchen because I printed, I, I took the um, the sheriff sale uh, mm. notice and I framed it with the bill and the receipt that basically said you're debt free. That must have been such a, a a gratifying, proud moment for you and and your mother, I imagine. Oh yeah, she at the time she was not expecting this at all. Like mm-hmm. like she wanted to be able to pay this off and I don't know carry off the bills for years to come. But I said, Ma, you know this is our house, and I don't I am not willing to let them take what little we have. So I took that social security money and I helped to pay off the foreclosure and then any other bills, I helped to get those situated to help pay some of those down or, or pay, you know, back debt or, or whatever it might be. And I, I mean, I don't know if your listeners are really going to believe this one, but at 38 years old, I am uh, debt free. I am. Uh, I have full medical insurance. Well, that's obviously because of boss and everything. But I am uh, debt free. I'll be owning a house from my mom that is rent free, mortgage free, and I even helped my mom to uh, get on a program to lower actually uh it's called the in the state of pa it's called the homestead exemption tax and the cool part of that is that i helped to have the house be tax free so in my life now i i have like a steady income uh not much but a steady income and then I'm debt free and I'm able to just go back and forth to Moss Rehab for case management two days a week and, you know, therapy one once a week. But beyond that, I, I have my entire life ahead of me now. So how does, how does that feel? I mean, in one sense, it, it's it's almost like how do I say it? Um, it's like it's like a gift that you're given, and you're not sure what to do with it. And I'm trying to every day, like, take it as. I mean, I'm not. I'm not ungrateful. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna say that I'm ungrateful, but it, it's one of the things where. I'm just I'm not sure how to 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 live that out <laughs> because I'm so used to being in debt. I'm so used to having everything being taken from me. Um and then on top of it, I'm used to all the pain and all the stuff that my mom and I fought for years just to get you know above surface level or at least try to like put our head above the 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 water a little bit Mm -hmm. um and now i'm like i have i have no restrictions i have no chains you know you have you have open road ahead of you right and so (laughs) next so it comes back to katie again yeah where 
I, I, I and Katie, we, we helped to develop a, 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 a travel thing, which basically was like, well, it might take my whole lifetime, but maybe I can do two games a year. But what a, what a grand purpose for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then within that, I don't really like when I, when I travel, I don't like to do, you know, a week's trip. It, it, mentally, that drives me insane. Um, Dane, because. Because <laughs> I'm not, I don't like to be boxed into like one location a, a week's time. Uh-huh. Um, I went to, I went to college in, in New York. And then subsequently I, I went to, I was, I was a part of like an acting group and we were able to go to Florida and live there for six months doing wow. uh, Easter and Christmas play sort of thing. I just, I really just got tired of like Florida and as <laughs> much as I love the Adirondacks in New York, mm-hmm. like that also bothered me because that mm. was like a year, you know, mm. but, but these trips again, it, it sort of was like, well, well, Katie and I looked in like, well, how, what, what can I do? We end up coming up with this thing of like, Hey, why don't we do like 72 hours? Sure. You know, like a three day trip. Right. What does work for you? And, yeah. and what comes and, and what, what is with that? It's, it's like, I, I leave that morning you know, get into that whatever city, uh, do whatever I I want for up until game time. Do you know? Go to the game. The next day, do the tourist thing. Uh-huh. And the coolest part recently was with my friend. Obviously, going from coming from Arlington, and we went to Dallas and Fort Worth. But most of the other times are on my own, yeah. and I will end up just touring the rest of the city and then the the last day is travel day home mm-hmm. and i mean it's 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 almost like a it's like a healthy drug you know seal seal um the the musician seal and and kiss from a rose talks about the the healthy drug like the the i'm trying to think like the high without the the effects or something and this 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 type of trip just this traveling is 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 like the high without the the after effect how did you come to this model D- did you decide it was going to be an experiment and see if it worked or did you try other ways to do it so at first i i would go like like a a, a day trip you know and uh i would like when i first started early on i would go you know, leave that morning and then go to the game and then just go to a hotel and come back the next day. And were you worried about like how you're, you physically and, and, and mentally and emotionally would deal with it in terms of your injuries and things like that? Or how, how did that um, play in? No, I, at, at first I, I really didn't even think of it. And I'm such an like extroverted person. That I didn't have to worry about like, oh, I'm worried about safety or I'm worried about like what people are going to do to me or anything like that. I was and also I by living in Philadelphia, it, it, it makes it really easy to to travel around like as long as there's a like a met, like a metro bus system. And a lot of cities have that. Mm hmm. And, and it makes it really easy to, to find locations or find a museum. And, and as long as you, you got like the hotel and then you got a point A, point B, maybe a point C and a way back to the hotel, you're good. Mm-hmm. And so when I would do the one day trip, I was like, OK, that that's kind of cool. But, but let's see if we could stretch it out a little bit. There's a little and, more to do here, right? Yeah. And and so with that, it's like, okay, I, I mean, I like to maybe see what a little bit, uh, you know, the city has to offer. And I kind of then combined it with the love of my love of traveling. And then I was just like, all right, well, you know what? I could do two days. And maybe I could do three days. And And, and so I would just do the game. And then just do a tourist thing. But with the tourist thing, 
just be prepared to walk a lot. Obviously, you know, take breaks and, and all those things. You know, obviously, like, food breaks. But go, like, make sure within that you have your point A, your point B, your point C, maybe even a point D. And if you have the right time, you can end up having squeezing all that into your one day. And then leave that city and be like, I know, you know, I know everything about that little area of that little city, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um and that's that's helped me so much in my travelings. Yeah. Again, you know, 07 you have that 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 dream of, you know, or basically even just mere, a mere thought of the idea that like I I want to see the Sox play every single team. And I have no idea how this is going to happen. Then you get into rehab. And then things change. And then you meet a Katie who helps to kind of take your goal and actually smooth it out and, and, and create a possible dream, but, a, but a, a dream that can be manifested into something where like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is doable. Like this is reality. Yeah. So what, what what happened between 2007 and 2012, 13? In the Chinese culture, they they say that the number eight is a lucky symbol. It's supposed to be a symbol for infinity or something. And But the really bad situation with that was for me, on 8-8-08, I end up having my uh, – fifth brain injury accident that nearly almost killed oh me. on 8808 that happened which actually was the start of the chinese olympics in beijing on <laughs> 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 auspicious date oh jeez joseph my goodness so basically i'm not even like recouping from the effects from the year before and now i have to get set for the next brain injury and you know, they're that, still that, they're that, still not really diagnosing you with with serious brain injuries, though. No. So I want to I want to mention this in, in the in the medical system. Um, I I officially had my first two brain injuries in eighty five and eighty six. Um, the first one was when I fell from the top steps to the bottom steps, and it was like uh, ten steps. And then I was also a child and did really stupid stuff when I was a kid. So I rode a bicycle backwards down the cellar steps because I was riding a bicycle in the house. Mm -hmm. And then that's like another eight steps. So from 85, 86, even 94, I would say all the way up to, you know, present day. They didn't have TBI protocol. Meaning that, okay, yeah, they'll give you an x-ray, they they'll maybe give you an MRI, but if they don't find anything, well, that's pretty much that, and then they'll just ship you home. Of all the brain injuries that I had, they always focused on whatever else was wrong with me. Like, they, my fractured, you know, tibia, no, I'm sorry, the, whatever bone is in your knee, I'm sorry, I'm not a bone doctor. But, yeah. But they focused on that in 94, but they didn't focus on the brain injury that was, that sent me home having PTSD or even just having me lay there and, and relive the accident over and over where my poor mom would sit there and worry because I'm trying to sleep and I'm shaking violently. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm like just reliving the accident over and over. Anything, anything else, they, they would just focus on whatever symptoms I was, I was dealing with, but they didn't know how to handle brain injury. Mm -hmm. Now I, uh, I would say maybe 2015, 2016. Um, I'm in, I'm in Moss rehab and my, my mom and Katie were dealing with some, you know, afterlife talking decision things. I don't know. That 
was a lot of pressure on me, a lot of stress. So basically what my mom and I um, were walking through a tunnel and trying to go to the exit. What ends up happening is I have a panic attack and I collapse to the floor. And Katie somehow in some way was walking behind us because I think she was going to the lunchroom. She sees me collapse on the floor and, and essentially gets another case manager at the time to make sure that I, I was there, that I'm, I'm not moving my head and, and all these things. And it's just kind of funny that I only ended up having like a panic attack and I didn't hit my head, but I'm take I'm taken to the Einstein emergency room and they go through the full TBI protocol, you know, CAT scan, MRI, making sure everything is okay, you know, whatever. But right, making sure that you weren't having a head, like the panic attack wasn't a head, like, seizure or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But we're talking, the the, the huge difference here is is we're talking 2015 and 2016, Mm -hmm. and they have TBI protocol, Mm -hmm. you know, where all my major brain injuries happened before 2012. And that is when I could have really used the help. And that was probably where I could have gotten much of my life in order. And, and I didn't have to keep doing a lot of these stupid things and getting hit additionally by cars on bicycles or, you know, I, I actually maybe could be like somewhat normal. In, in my case, which is basically may, maybe driving a car and, and having a full-time job and, you know, stuff like that. What fun would that be, Joseph? I, <laughs> <laughs> it would not make for a very interesting story. <laughs> It'd be quite boring. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it, it, it's, the, it's interesting. Many of the, of the people that I've interviewed for this podcast and including me have, have left the hospital um, without being diagnosed with a brain injury and, you know, over whatever amount of time. Uh, and so it's not uncommon, whether it's in the eighties or earlier, or even recently, my accident was in 2013. And so your point is, is still well taken and, and they've made great strides and progress, but it's still not, you know, it's, they're still learning every day. I think one of the keys is for people who might be listening to this is, is don't assume and to ask, you know, did you check their head? If somebody falls or somebody has been hit with something, did you check their head? You know, even if they're broken bones, did you check their head? And that I think is the the key that um, people need to just always ask, even if they don't think anything's wrong, just check their head. Yeah. I mean, even like in my 2003 accident, it was a skiing accident. And I went down a uh, double black diamond, which I had no right doing in the first place. I and plus I was, I was on ski blades. Ski blades are like essentially skis with no sticks, and they are shorter, and they're it's essentially like riding a you know a, a snowboard on your feet, you know. And I was doing okay with like a blue diamond and green diamond, but. I went down a double black diamond, which ends up having me tumble down this mountain thing. And I'm, I'm laying in, in the snow and I don't know for how long I'm completely blacked out and I'm going into code a hypothermia. They couldn't find a pulse. They had to revive like a lot of parts on me to, to try to get a pulse. What ends up happening is I get transferred to the Lehigh Valley, um, you know, emergency room only for them to just deal with my sprained leg. Like no, no CAT scan, no MRI, no, no, uh, nothing. And then I'm sent home. I'm, I'm dealing with the pain in my leg, but more so I'm dealing with the brain injury element of tumbling, hitting my head, and then blacking out and being completely blacked out for the entire trip. You so, would, yeah, you'd think that, you know, a ski place, you know, how many people hit their heads when they fall skiing? 
or you yeah. know hit their head on a tree or whatever but you know how many people hit their heads and, and it just you'd think that would be just a just a standard so 85 86 un, undiagnosed brain injuries 94 uh two months before my father dies this one you know you would think like oh my gosh like this person should had had like an MRI and a CAT scan, whatever other tests, and make sure to follow the 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 protocol for however long they you know is needed. But then with that, you know, nothing nothing was followed because when I was hit, I I I was Jay running across the street to try to catch a bus, and I flipped up in the air and fell backwards and cracked my head on the concrete. And I'm blacked out. I can't see anything. I can hear everything, but I can't respond. Like I'm, I'm just flatlined. Yet, like I, I laid in the hospital just up until like maybe the nighttime a little bit, and they're like, "Oh no, you have like a you know, I don't know, femur issue or leg issue, whatever." Okay, then they just sent me home. Repeat, repeat process, you know, for 2003, 2007, 2008, uh, when I get hit by a car on the right side, um, I smash my head on the, on the top of the car and then smash my head on the concrete. And when I, when I come to, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing like things as if like, there's like a, like a, a major echo, you know, like. The the person who hit me is is like, are you okay? You know, like that's the only way. That's the way I I heard it. You know, and then all I could say was like, is my bike okay or my iPod okay? Like, I wasn't in my right mind. And and then they're like, do you want to go to the hospital? And I'm just like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I can walk home. And then they looked at my foot, and there was a hole in my foot and was bleeding profusely. So the guy basically just takes my bike, puts it in the back of his car. We go to Episcopal Hospital. He drops me off, or drops the bike stuff off, and hightails it out. And I'm just literally, like, sitting there, and I'm bleeding all over the place. And I go up to the nurse and I said, I don't think I can stay here right now. And they're like, well, you, you can go home, but you're bleeding all over our floor. And, but I said, I said, I said, I'm not sure I'm insured with insurance. So I don't think I could stay. And they're like, well, we can run your insurance to see if you have insurance. And after that, pretty much after that, I don't remember anything. Cause I, Pretty sure I passed out. It sounds like a harrowing experience, and for everybody involved, my goodness. And and it and then it, and not having insurance has just got to be such a scary thing, you know. Yeah, uninsured people I feel awful for because they they don't go to the hospital or they don't go see doctors, and it's just is such a precarious position to be in. Well, for me. Somewhere in between, I would say 2007, 8, and obviously before 2012, I had to get a lawyer because I had to actually file for bankruptcy. Mm. What ends up happening for me is that these bills were like going so high up. Um, I had owed about eighty-two, eighty-three $83,000 in student loans. Oh my goodness. Then the second was I owed about $250,000 in medical bills. Oh my goodness. And then I owed about uh, another six grand with my motorcycle and probably the parts I, we could probably tack up like $8,000 for the parts and then the motorcycle itself. Just the loans and the medical bills is just crushing. Yeah. So, so I, Somehow I think I calculated it. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but I calculated it to around three, maybe $400,000 I owed. And the lawyer was pro bono and she had no problem um, helping me to file for bankruptcy. But 
the coolest part even at that is around 2015, um, Katie and I make a phone call to find out like if the student loans had cleared and, and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, Joseph Ryan's uh, student loans had cleared like three years ago. I'm seriously like out of bankruptcy, like debt. I'm like, are you serious? <sighs> and I'm like looking at my, like Katie and I were, we're looking at our, the credit website and I'm actually going like fair and like above fair at that point. Oh God. That must've been like in, in a, a yellow or almost green zone. That must've been. It was, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, right now I might actually be in the green zone. That's fantastic. So let's just tack that on there with like the fact that like I, I have full medical insurance student loans are fully forgiven. Now, with that, I do not recommend people go and get themselves into an accident, get hit by a car, and end up with a brain injury just to get out of paying student loan debt. <laughs> yeah, it's not the path, right? But the way it was for me is that was an option that my neurophysiologist realized because I the job that I had at the Doubletree Hotel... I was putting in 80 hours a week. Oof, exhausting. And I was literally getting, like, as I said, $2,400, every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now with that in present day, I mean, I have good credit, um, no, no, no credit cards, you know, student loans that forgiven. I'm helping with my mom's house. Like, this is this is just unbelievable. This this is this is a story of triumph. This is fantastic. So tell me, what are the things you think you've learned? Um, you know, what advice would you give people? I would say, um, you're probably a lot like me, where I was. I would say before 2012. 2012 was when I was officially diagnosed with brain injury. However, what I'm seeing from a lot of families and caregivers is the fact that you're probably where I was in searching for answers. What I what I did was able to contact like the medical insurance folks. Whatever state you might be in, the resource for the medical insurance if you're able to have medical insurance is that they might be able to connect you with a hospital that provides brain injury rehab services. Once you're able to get into that, that opens up doors that will be able to assist whether you are in a situation of um, needing in uh, sorry inpatient rehab or outpatient rehab. Now, inpatient more than likely you'll already know that you're the, 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 like the hospital is trying to help, but there is, there is resources out there for you. Um, one of the, one of the big resources that is, is very helpful. In fact, helped me because I live in isolation myself and I was able to go to uh, the brain injury association, USA.org. So, the website itself is b i a u s a dot o r g, and they were able to help connect me with a brain injury out of multiple states. The next one is in my state of Pennsylvania. They have b i a p a dot o r g. Those would be of an assistance for those that are like in whatever part of Pennsylvania. The coolest part for me was with getting assistance with the head injury program and then subsequently getting assistance with um, into the into a, a, a waiver program. Uh, the waiver program is what helps me to have continual case management services where I go twice a week. I also get a bus pass fully taken care of for the whole month. 
And then the third is um, they pay for me to have an aide, like, you know, five days a week. And the other one we're going to try to look into is to see if the waiver program is able to help me to move and to relocate. It's just something personal with, with this house with because it's such a big house and I'm not really sure that I can mentally continue to, to carry on living here. But we're going to look into seeing if the waiver program is able to help pay for a house, like a smaller house, on my own. Well, anyway, it that that helps for that. But I would recommend highly to use your medical insurance to see if they can help, you know, locate your hospital or nearby hospital uh, for brain injury rehab. There are some really amazing brain injury rehab centers all over America. Um, and in the state of PA alone, you know, on the West, you got UPMC. And then on the East, you have um, Moss Rehab. In every, anywhere in between, you have Bryn Mawr Rehab or you have um, Lehigh Valley. You know, there, there, there is options for you. But I would say also is, is definitely try to connect with whatever support you can on BIAUSA.org or whatever your brain injury association out of your state would, you know, would be able to assist with that. I think that's great, really smart. And, and even if you don't have insurance, the brain injury association of the United States is helpful I I think your insurance is is don't be scared to call your insurance. By the way, I think it's yeah. a really 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 good advice, and and they and they can help you step through things. Uh, they they actually were helpful to me, uh, and when I when I had other questions that that they weren't necessarily helpful with, uh, the Brain Injury Association of New York State was very helpful, and and New York City has has a chapter which is where I'm based. And and that's actually how how Joseph and I got connected. So right. they're they're really terrific. They're just they're just wonderful. And and they, while they have a an overall chapter, they have regular meetings, usually on a monthly basis. But they have them all over the the city in the different five boroughs. And so I I actually attended one on a monthly basis that was close by to my neighborhood. And I could have gone to one that was in a different neighborhood, but this was convenient for me. And and met really wonderful wonderful people. Uh, actually, one of the, the stories that's, that's on this pad, podcast, you can listen to it, is Zazel O'Gara, who is just, she's just a, a stunning woman. So it's a wonderful organization. They have terrific services and information that you can uh, look up. These are really, really good pieces of information. And, and, they, and all of the other things that Joseph mentions are great things that I didn't know about. The people in rehab, they helped me get a, a Metro card at a discounted rate. So all of these programs that you'd never even know about, there's a lot out there that you wouldn't know. Also too, right now, because of everything being COVID, I guess, or whatever, and on, on the internet and zoom, what you could also do too, is if you wanted to, and which this is what I did, I, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone, but I was able to go on brain injury association, USA.org. And I literally just, found every state that had Zoom groups available. And I literally just messaged them and said, hey, I have this availability. Do you have a link that I can join and I can join in your group? So here I'm finding that I'm now making having to get a calendar to keep up with my different groups from different cities that work within my schedule. So like stuff like New York, I'm in one in Massachusetts. I'm in one in... um. Portland, Oregon. And I was also one, I was trying to get one back into uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And another was, I think, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So I know I can't do like every single state or anything, but I would recommend that because if you're looking for more connection, they have stuff that goes on throughout the week or the month. And you don't have to just be limited to just like, you know, your group and your state or whatever. Like, because it's on Zoom, 
you can join whatever group because it's it's for brain injury. And then sometimes they have stuff for caregivers. Now, there's one, I believe, in, in Massachusetts that they have one for caregivers. And, and you can join from wherever and use that information, those resources. And you can connect even with folks on a general level and email them. And you, you'll find that you now have friends throughout the entire country with brain injury where you may not have had that before. That's brilliant. And by the way, so when you go to the baseball stadiums in those cities, you'll be able to meet up with people from your Zoom groups. Oh, yeah. One of the one of the things I've been trying to do is in my travels is I'm trying to at least find one friend in every state that I'm about to visit and see if I could either like connect with them or stay with them or go to a game with them or even just like, you know, spend my tourist day with them. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And more to the point too, one of the things about, you know, people with brain injury or chronic pain is isolation is often an, an issue. And I, you know, I think we both know that. And this is, you know, given what we've learned with COVID and, and the digital tools that have become more popular, Zoom and, you know, all of the different tools that are like Zoom have opened up the door to us using them to connect in ways that we didn't really use before. So use them. And, you know, I, I have no problem, you know, with connecting with anyone. So you know, if you guys are, are listening to this and, and whatnot, if you need any specific support or encouragement, I have no problem. I can leave my, my email address and feel free to email me about anything with that. Or even just to let me know, like, what, what you might be going through with regards to some of the struggles you, you might be facing as both a survivor or even a caregiver and a family member. Because I've I've really been through the ringer, and I really have been able to come out pretty well on the other side. That's yeah. really generous, Joseph. Thank you so much. I, I can put your contact information in in the show notes. That's very sweet. Sure. Is there anything? Lastly, is there anything that you wish somebody had told you that they you didn't hear, sort of in hindsight? Well, yeah, and that just is kind of sad but in the beginning you know I didn't have um I obviously didn't have any outlets and I didn't have really very much resources in fact I didn't really even know that I had brain injury but the thing about it is is that the one thing that that brain injury survivors are good at is surviving and we become very resourceful however with that, it it may really suck in the beginning and it might be very emotional and you might be just wanting to pull your hair out and scream at the top of your lungs because you can't find the help and the resources that are able to, to, to help you. The encouragement that I have for you is that it may not be in the time that you want it and it might be, you know, several weeks or months later, but there is help and there's resources and there's people willing to listen and to support you. I've realized that with all the therapy that I, I have had for, for me, the, the very exciting thing is that I'm 38 now and I don't have any therapy that I need to do after this month. However, you guys can get to that point too. As I said, it will take time. But there are very valuable resources that that are out there that, that unfortunately for me in the past, I didn't have before Moss Rehab. When, when When I hit Moss Rehab in 2012, that opened the door for so many more opportunities. And I've been going to conferences and and talks and things like that to see that, you know, to see the resiliency and to see the, the survivors that, that really came through on on the other side, you know? So basically I just, I just encourage with that is that you might be going through a very rough time right now, 
but continue to press forward and continue to press on because there is there there will be a light at that end of the tunnel for you. Inspiring and useful, Joseph. That's really helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And really, thank you for for sharing your story and spending the time. I so appreciate it. I think this will be really useful and helpful for our listeners. Yeah, I just uh, think it's kind of funny. Uh, I told my uh, case manager in standing because Katie's actually had maternity leave. And and I said, you know, I have 30 states left. Half of those don't have baseball. So (laughs) I'm just like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to go to Hawaii. It's too hot. (laughs) And I know I have to go back to Florida three times, you know, but I'm still open for the venture of it. So it'll be great. You know, you'll find fun in it. You'll meet people. You'll find fun in it. And by the way, Hawaii is not always hot. It has actually beautiful trade winds. It's not always hot. Yeah, it's just. I don't like beaches. <laughs> ah, I see. Okay. It, it does have a lot of beaches. That's just no I getting know. around that. And to complete my list of states, I know I would have to go there eventually. You would have I'd to. much rather actually go to Alaska. Ah, well, Alaska's very cool. Yeah. Alaska's very cool. Well, maybe just go there first. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was lovely. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful to my friend for sharing a rich, rich story. I hope that you found value in it. And if you have, please rate this podcast well. Doing so will improve our ranking in search results on all platforms. That makes it easier for other people who may be in need of a little inspiration to find these stories. And here's a massive thank you to the amazing Emily Billigas, who graciously composed and recorded the lovely theme music for Life Over Pain. If you want to find more of her theme music, I've added a link to her music on the show notes. Find more Life Over Pain episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast content.